Thank you so much for listening to The Deep in 2023. For fresh content that never stops, subscribe to The Deeper and take advantage of our 14-day free trial. Here on The Deep over the holiday season, I'll be sharing some interviews I've done with other amazing podcasts, me being the one interviewed, so it's a little bit different, and a few of my all-time favourite episodes. I hope you enjoy, have a merry festive season and stay safe. The Girls Uninterrupted with Brody Kane, Caitlin Merritt and Gracie Hitchcock. Kia ora te whanau. we have a super special episode of The Girls Uninterrupted this week with the amazing Zoe Marshall. Zoe has been a broadcaster for over 12 years and is the host and creator of the hugely successful podcast, The Deep. From diving into Gloria Vale, terminally ill parents, a madam, a lactating porn star and a man mm. who has sex with dolls. There is quite possibly, well, we'll find out, there is quite possibly no one Zoe wouldn't interview. <laughs> She's also a mother of two, a self-confessed oversharer. Her life is very much in the public eye. Her husband, low-key, not a bad rugby league player, one of Aotearoa's greatest, Benji Marshall, who is currently the assistant coach of the NRL's West Tigers. Zoe, welcome to the Girls Uninterrupted. What an introduction. This better be a good interview now, right? <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> it's so it's so we lovely know, to we? see you. And obviously we uh Caitlin's in Autotahi Christchurch, uh Gracie and I are in Tamaki Makoto. You're in Australia, so we'll try and make this sound as seamless and beautiful as possible. Mm. Um, but it's lovely to have you on. And the first thing we want to know is, how are you? I mean, we we have so many questions, uh, and we've got some wonderful listener ones as well. But first and foremost, how are you? Do you know how great it is to hear the accent? It's <laughs> like, I mean, I hear it around the house every day, but you guys are like strong <laughs> in the accent. Um I got to live in beautiful New Zealand. I got to work there. You guys just, not the three of you, but New Zealand crowned me with a international award for the podcast. So I just have, so, I mean, obviously I'm deeply in love with a New Zealander, but I and my kids, <laughs> Kiwis, but I fucking love you guys. I'm good. <laughs> That's the answer. <laughs> <laughs> love that. I love, well, one of the listener questions actually was, would you move back to New Zealand? And so since you're talking no. about... No, okay. <laughs> no. Straight no. <laughs> but I love it there and I will travel there. But to live, I feel like we did that. We've just got such deep roots and so many of Benja's families here now as well. Like it's so established. You know, once you have kids, it's like schools and friends and the routine. Mm. It's just I couldn't even imagine... We've moved so much for Benji's life and work. And I mean, I should say work, I'm, I'm his life, but that's, <laughs> it's a lot, you know, I don't think I could move back there. No, no I love it. Does Foxen ever have um, Australian accents or Kiwi accents? <laughs> Such Aussie accents. He yeah. has though very Maori uh, mannerisms and facial uh what am I trying to say? What's that word? Expressions. You know, like he does the eyebrow lift and he does the all of the, the head lift and the, you know, like instead of using his words, he just uses his head. Um, <laughs> so he's definitely got his dad's, yeah, his dad's mannerisms for sure. Now I want to geek out a little bit on the podcast to start with um, because, Go. oh my gosh, the deep, like, 
<laughs> wild shit happens. Um, and you have had some guests, man. I, I, but, for, like, talk to me about how it came about. Just obviously a real fucking inquisitive mind you have on you. Um, yes. So was that sort of like, let's make it a podcast. Let's channel, like, let's find the most fascinating people and talk to them. Yes, quite literally. So I'm a huge Louis Theroux fan. Like, he is my guru. He's my god. I've seen everything he's ever made. That kind of work felt like my calling, like finding these real interesting, uncommon, often judged, really misunderstood people, minority groups, the things that you wouldn't even know the lady lining up in front of you at the supermarket is going through and having a very non-judgmental conversation that can disarm the audience into I was, I had really strong views on trans kids. I had really strong views on prostitutes. And now, fuck, I get it. That could have been me. That could be my kid. Like the most powerful thing the work does is give a voice to those that are very, very often voiceless. And coming from mainstream media, like you said in the intro, 12 years of being told no that's too much, you're too much, that's like no one would sponsor that shit, like we won't get any money, oh, we've got another call at the radio station, Zoe, for, you know, they've, they've put another complaint in. I was just like, I need to like get out of here. And so it was always a burning desire. I always knew what it was. I tried to make it two times before this time and it just felt like the time was right. I also had, I think, enough life experience to hold the space for the people that were talking to me. Like it was, they're, they're, these are, you know, the woman I spoke to this week, it's not out yet, but her mum was killed in the Port Arthur massacres in Australia, the biggest massacre we ever had. A gunman shot 35 people 22 years ago. She reached out to me to tell her story that she's been holding inside of her. It's been rotting her. And she from the last three years of listening to me, trusted me with her talking about it for the first time. That will never go above my head. Like that privilege really humbles me. It's never about me, which I love. It's always about facilitating this conversation. Yes, it's very uncomfortable because I'll go places that I know the audience want me to go, that I want to go, that maybe pushes a lot of boundaries, you know, talking to sex workers about, well, if he has a stinky dick, like, do you wash the dick or do you tell him to wash the dick? Or what if you don't want to do that? Well, how do you get the money? Like all the things we all want to know that. Or maybe even if you didn't know, now, you know, (laughs) no, no, because that was what I was going to say. You have this innate sense of knowing the right questions to ask. And it's like, often it's like your brain is operating like my brain where I'm like, I wonder about where they where they clean the and then let's use that clean the deck, and then you go bang, and you ask at the same time. It's it's like you know the right time. That is like the biggest feedback I get. It's like she said it, and I was thinking it. She says all the things I'm thinking I wanted to say. Um, I think because naturally when we have a conversation, you know, the guy that has sex with robots, not dolls. They're very intelligent. I apologize. Yeah, I take that back. They have. They have AI. Um, You know, I wanted to know that when you are 
in your penis is in there. Is that vagina, does it feel like plastic? Is it silicon? Is it gushy? Is it like, do you have to put the gushy in there? Like, I just want to know, it's not just a sex podcast guys. There's lots of things, but, um, I want to know those things. I want to know if your partner was a functioning meth addict around your child and you left for work, but you know, she's on meth. How do you live with yourself? The dangers that you put people in the responsibility you have, how do you live with that? So yeah, it's really uncomfortable, but I've gotten really comfortable with the discomfort. You're the perfect person to be doing. It sounds like you're the perfect person to be doing these interviews. Right. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, maybe. It feels yeah. right. It feels very, um, and it feels effortless in the way that it comes about in the way that the interviews find me or I find them. The only thing that I've really had to work on is, um, taking on vic- vicarious trauma, which is carrying others trauma with me, which is really hard to do when you've got, some of these stories, you know, like I, I cry with these, I I don't have that level of journalism, professionalism, where you just have to stay staunch and emotionless. Like I'll cry with you. I'll hold the space with you. I'll let you go in any dark, ugly places that your soul might need to go to, to let yourself feel better, to let yourself share. So others feel seen because they may share the same story as you. You know, so I've had to do a bit of work on that. This is probably an almost impossible question to answer. Who's been your most, let's put mind blowing. That's Mm. the, who's been your most mind blowing guest? Personally? Or do you mean collectively from the audience? Uh, No, you personally, because like, it sounds like not a lot of things from now probably (laughs) shock you. Oh, okay. I don't even know if. I don't even know how to say this <laughs> because it's not. <laughs> it's not out yet. Great promo, darling. It just depends. It just depends when you're going to be releasing this. This is going to be released. I'll just whip my calendar up real quickly for you, Zoe. Okay. This is going to be released <laughs> on Wednesday, the 30th of August. Okay, we may not, we, we, I don't know if we're going to make it because I think I have to take it through legal, but oh my God. how do I say this? How do I say this? How do I say this? There was a guest <laughs> that has intercourse with things, many things, not uh, illegal things as in minors or animals or anything like that. Um, but then he consumes the things. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I, I, when you get the full detail of what the thing is and then what happens, the, 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 the things that happen between the, the intercourse I'm and the s- ingesting. Yes. I, I, I was like, you know, I've heard it all. And then I didn't hear that. That was new. Fascinating. And oh. then, wow. So I'm taking it through legal because, you know, it's a lot. I don't know. It would definitely, that would be on the subscription because I just, <laughs> the people that subscribe know what they're getting. Yeah. I mean, another mind blowing one 
that's on the subscription was because I do sometimes when it's so explicit and it's so much, I'll put like a clean version on the deep, which is free. Mm -hmm. And then the subscription will have like nothing edited. It's all out there. It's what I hear. That uh, the episode was the sex addict partner. It's, It's out now. You guys can give all the details about the subs. I think it's very good value, dollar Mm. dollar a week. Mm -hmm. But what this sex addict did to his partner, who was the one I spoke to, so he was, the male was the sex addict, the female was the victim. Mm -hmm. Oh, he made her put a 2.5 litre Coke bottle inside of her, the things that he would do to her, that's just a tip of the iceberg. The things that he did to this woman, the courage she had to say that out loud. Oh, I was just like, yeah, that, that, that one stayed with me too, you know, but also no, sorry, there's another one. There's a lot, but there's one, there was one, you're never going to get any more questions now. There was one story. (laughs) No, I love it. We go through the 300 episodes. You're good. I'll do the last one. But there was one story. This one's probably the one that impacted me the worst with trauma-wise was a, I think she's a 65-year-old mother. I had spoken to her daughter first about breaking generational trauma because her mother had been sexually abused by a pedophile for years as a child. And then I said, what I get to, can I speak to your mum?" And she came on and was talking to me. She'd never shared her story. She'd never shared her truth. And what came out of this was the sexual trauma she received from five years to 11 years old by this disgusting Crescent of a human being but then on top of that she was then trafficked as a child in the house to people that were staying in the house borders like the I just and how much she wanted to love her daughter and touch her daughter and touch her husband or put her head on his shoulder and she could never do these things because of her trauma it was like the things with kids and abuse I can never get rid of it. And it's funny because now it's not funny. It's fucked because now I see the world through the lens of these stories. I walk into a school playground. I know the statistics. I trust no one. No one, everyone is guilty of something. You know what I mean? It's, mm. a, it's, it's a shit way to live. How do you then... Sorry, Caitlin, I was just going to say, how do you, well, okay, literally a couple of weeks ago, Caitlin, Caitlin's a nurse. She was talking about um, how worrying about becoming desensitized to her job and and when people die and she comes home and she has a wine and and, and that's, and we were like, Mm, that's mm. fine. And also, but you'll have days where you won't. And I'm a journalist and there are, there are days where, where I remember where stories, yeah, they almost had to go over you because you had a job to do. How yeah. how have you navigated uh, that? Because let's be honest, as you said earlier, you're doing something that a lot of people that you you speak to do not have a platform, do not get their stories shared. How do you balance? I don't even know if balance is the right word. 
you're, you're, as you say, taking on the trauma of others and mm. finishing a record and being able to sort of like move on with your day. I think I have learnt there are boundaries. I have boundaries now. It's not my trauma. Like it doesn't help them anymore for me to feel it for them. It doesn't share the burden. Like me taking it on and crying or wailing or doing any of that can make them feel seen and heard. And that's one thing, but for me carrying around with my kids and looking and thinking about it the next few months, it's not helpful. So I think that I have got tools now and ways to have boundaries, but the education that comes through all of this, like speaking to a pedophile hunter and learning all of the things you can't not know those things anymore. You know, it's like Mm. you never, so I feel like I'm maybe more overprotective of my children, mm. um, but it's just not worth the variable. You no. Know? Uh, we might just dive into um, talking about motherhood now. I am a very new mum. I've got a seven-month-old, tiny little Congrats. thank you. It's it's honestly such a wild journey. I'm absolutely, like the first <laughs> couple months are pretty fucked, to be honest. I've talked about that pretty openly. Yeah. And you're really open about the good, the challenging, the hard bits. Um, you've yeah. got two beautiful kids, Fox and Ever. What's, what's your yeah. favourite thing about being a mum? Oh. I think it's pretty amazing that you are someone's like superhero, like world, like to be, to mean that much to somebody. And that's probably for a very small period of time in a whole lifetime, like that we get to hold them in that place of being the most important thing. Then they grow up and, you know, I think it's by like, nine or 10, their peers have bigger impact than we do, which is really scary um, for someone so overprotective like me. But I think raising the privilege of raising a child is the greatest gift to watch like your love and someone else's love combusted into this tiny human that walks around and talks and like loves you and hugs you and wants you it's pretty wild. It's also very revealing. I think of who you are as a human, what your faults are, mm-hmm. you know, Benj is, and I am t- totally challenged by different things with the kids and know that we need to do some more work on different areas to get that kind of ironed out that we don't want to project our shit yeah. or our old ways. Like I don't want to, they can know that I, they can, they, I don't want them to ever know or feel that I am overly cautious for their well-being. I want them to still feel yeah. reckless and wild and fun and all of the things. You yeah. know, that's my shit. I'm never going to project that. Don't do this. Don't. Do, 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 do. Like, I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a pretty. It's a pretty incredible. It's a. It's a great privilege. It's a gift. Mm-hmm. But it's also fucking hard. Shit. <laughs> I was going to say the second question, what's the hardest thing about being a mum? Everything. <laughs> everything. Every single thing. Yeah. Like I think sacrificing so much of yourself. Like I said to Ben, I was picking up shit around the house on the way to bed last night. I was like, I am a slave. Yeah. I am a slave to two tiny dictators. Like he's like, you just are <laughs> figuring this out. I was like, it's just a, it's almost like that. Do they know how fabulous and like 
you know, intelligent and incredible I am. Like, and then I'm just picking up your shit <laughs> yeah. all the time. Yeah. I'm your snack bitch and I'm doing all of the things for you. Um, everything is hard. Just raising your children to be kind, generous, loving people is hard mm-hmm. you know all of it's hard when when friends don't at kindy don't want to be their friends anymore that's hard Aww. like what a trigger of your own childhood when you remember they all ran away from you and didn't want to play with you <laughs> like you're like I'm not equipped I'm not equipped to feel all the things I feel for you it's just it's all hard the juggle is hard balancing is hard how to do all of the things, the mental load. I mean, I can mm-hmm. just do a whole podcast uh, on that. Was, it's just hard. I was going to say, um, has the partnership dynamic changed between you and Benji? Definitely. Like we had a real stalemate about having kids um, and that was really brought upon by his desire to have them but lack of willingness to show me who he would be when he had them. And I needed to see the who you will be before I was inseminated. And so we would go around and around in circles, yeah. right? Because no one wanted to give way. And then we had some therapy around it because we've had this beautiful therapist for 12 years and we did our own work around it. And then we just got really honest about what it was that we needed to do or to be to make this thrive. Mm-hmm. And so very clear with our boundaries around you're going to, what he said, I will um, sleep in, because we have separate bedrooms. Right. Another question Mm -hmm. um, for later. But um, I'll sleep with the baby because I sleep better than you do. Yeah. And then when it wakes up, I'll bring the baby to you to feed and then you can change it and then put it back in the bassinet and we'll just do that. So Mm -hmm. we both were sharing the load. It was really important for me to prove myself at seven weeks postpartum like a dickhead to go back to work. So this was (laughs) part-time. It was hosting a radio show, a national radio show, and hosting a TV show. Stop. To the detriment of my own body. But um, through that, he was and still is quite a leader as a parent in our family unit. Mm -hmm. He has a lot more confidence and a lot more things when it comes to the kids than me. Whereas he can get, chuck the kids in the back of the car, spend the whole day out, skip naps or have a nap here. He's a lot more flexible. (laughs) Yeah. Whereas I'm very anxious about strapping the two kids in the car. Ever hates the car. She will cry. Mm -hmm. She will scream. I pull over. He's like, just drive the car. Don't stop the car. Tune them out. Like we just don't have the same biology to do that. So we have a very balanced relationship and balance of your parenthood. He, I think, and it's sad, society would think he's this amazing dad that like does, all, no, he's just a dad yeah. <laughs> doing the things he should be doing yeah. because he wanted children. Mm-hmm. Like even sometimes when we're in a fight, I'll be like, you wanted them. <laughs> like, <laughs> do more things. Yeah. Um, but he desperately wanted children it was a children or you kind of thing like I you need to be honest with me if you don't want kids uh you need to give me the respect that I can go forward and find someone to do that with Mm -hmm. so it was a non-negotiable he's the best human being but the best dad the best husband he's just the fucking best that guy he really is 
That's so cool. Um, that I love. You can tell that. we're in a good stage of our marriage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. good. We face. It's real refreshing to hear about like how he does it so differently because I was our. I'm kind of like. There's no, there's no really wrong way to do it. Like as long as it gets done, like he'll definitely just chuck him in the car, take yes. him to the pub, just go do it. And I'm like, no, no, he needs like, he needs to get in a sleep sack and he needs to have his white noise on. <laughs> but it's kind of like, it's okay. Like the baby's happy. He's happy. I can't control everything. You know, it's true. But also Benj knows what happens if he skips the nap. He pays for it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Later. So if you want to do your way, that's cool. But you better be around the next two days while she's off her head. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, do you boo, but like you deal with that. So good. Um, and then just what's your key piece of advice for mothers out there? Do you have any little words of wisdom? I would say the only way I thrive is through having support. So it is essential. I think we go through this journey thinking that we have to do it alone. We have to do all the things we have to work and parent and lose all the baby weight and exercise and return all the calls and buy all the presents and the mental load. I think it's unrealistic. So when you are about to birth and post-birth, especially the fourth trimester, is like this deep cocooning and accessing resources And if you don't have the finances for that, I mean, within your community, like set a new standard, which is, Hey, I'm going to be cocooning for the next three months. I'm not going to be doing much. Could I set a new standard in our friendship when you come to this place or when you need something that you could support me the way I need to be supported? Cause women are shit at asking. Right. Mm -hmm. And if that's too much, maybe you get a friend to rally the other friends and do a food train and a check-in and you know no one's allowed to go into the house if you're not going to be cleaning it or doing laundry like all of that stuff and I think building community where you can rely on others because you know it's going to come around and they're going to rely on you is such a incredible part of the tribe that we do not have so I would say setting yourself up with support And even if that's just a vent, I can't stand my husband, the kid, I can't even connect with the kid. What's wrong with me Mm -hmm. to know that there are resources out there, like in Australia, we have Tresillion and helplines and things like that. But on top of that, that you can just vent and go, I'm not in this is such a, a refreshing way to deal with your day to day when it's very monotonous Mm. in those early days, you know, and still monotonous. I don't (laughs) like, sometimes I just dream of like running away because I'm just like the, you know, the, the, the dinner, like what to eat, that conversation every single day and the groceries (laughs) and the putting the school uniform on and where is this? And the monotony of this season is, (sighs) <laughs> and then you go and, and on your podcast and it's a completely different thing. Yeah, you're a <laughs> yeah, right. I'm off to the potty. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess that's why it's like really nice to step away from that and then go snuggle into my kids again. Yeah. You know, it's like a real juxtaposition. Let's talk about your life um, in the public, in the public profile that you have. I can imagine it's um, not very nice having everyone up in in all of it, um, having their opinions, because we love when other people have opinions about other people. (laughs) Um, How do you deal with that when it's a constant kind of people commenting on posts and about you and your Mm. life? I have a visual of what this person looks like and is. And I think that really helps me when I see things. 
um, of just having empathy, you know, and not, I don't read the comments um, as in if there's a Daily Mail article or there's Fuck. anything out there on me, I never read the comments. If it's on my own stuff and someone's being a dickhead, I'll usually just block and delete or I'll be really sarcastic. Or if I'm feeling very sassy, I'll screenshot and like let and put it to a story and let everyone at them, you know. Um, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I generally feel like the community is very they've got me like my community is robust and we trust each other. So when these like little, I don't know, turds come along, it's just, they're, they're not often, um, but they don't impact me. And I think that's because I have an okay sense of self. I don't believe them. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So we just spoke about it earlier and about people asking um, you as the interviewee asking uh, a question that everyone is thinking. And I hate that I'm asking this. I'm going to try and phrase <laughs> it in a way that hopefully, because <laughs> um, obviously you wholeheartedly are successful in your own right. Mm. The navigating of, um, you know, the patriarchal bullshit of Benji Marshall's wife or, the wag, or a, tag. a wag. Okay. Yes. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you call it out now? Do you block it out? Is it just, uh, um, I mean, it's probably that's in the, in the past kind of thing. It's you're so cute with how you're asking it. Cause you're asking it with like an apology. You don't need <laughs> to ask me with an apology. You can just ask me like, what does it feel like being a wag? And then I can push back and be like, how fucking dare you? And then we can have a moment. And that's a great, that's great podcasting, you know, where we're like at each other and then it's silent. And then another girl comes in and goes, um, she okay. So that. we're just going to move on. So the wag thing, um, it's not feels, right it's not me. I know you feel so apologetic. You don't have to do that with me. I'm okay. Um, but it, no, I, but I'm coming in. I'm coming in. It is patriarchal bullshit. It sucks when no, you see is. a headline that's like Benji Marshall's wife or, you wife, know, it's like always, fuck off. Always. Yeah. And that was a huge driving force. And, you know, that's behind some of the reason of going back to work seven weeks postpartum is having my own identity, making my own money, proving myself. Um, and I think that it's tricky when your partner is more famous than you and has been around longer than you in the media. It works like that. We both live in a as in you and I, New Zealand, Australia, a deeply uh, patriarchal-led uh, societies, and I know how it works. So I guess I play to my strengths. I manipulate it to my advantage. I leverage it when I need to. I've never done that with my work and success. But if, for say, I needed the deep to, which was let's just put it on record, Had has to date the most successful independent subscription launch globally. Fuck yes. I leveraged, I yeah. leveraged my contacts at every single news article that called me a wag, right? And I said, hey, got a story for you. Do you want to be a part of it? I will. I know what you want. You want to hear what my husband thinks about it, right? You can have that too. Like I'll to leverage the success of a launch. I will go back to the people. I will never 
shame a media outlet because they have taglined me a wag for their benefit to sell. It's a business. I knew marrying him, if it was such a problem, that title, I wouldn't have done it. I'm big enough to be like, that is such a small part of my personality. Well, it's actually got nothing to do with me. It's a small part of the way society sees me, I should say. They can do with that what they will, right? But the way I live my life, especially now, is I don't have to prove anything anymore with that title. The very first time I was on the Dallium red carpet, I was asked that question. And I said all of the things. It was my very first time being interviewed ever. And it was like, I think it's disgusting. I think it's derogatory. I think it underplays what these beautiful women have to do, to say, to be in their lives. I think it's disappointing. And that was the news article, right? Zoe Marshall, Benji's new girlfriend, slams wag tag. The wag is still there. It's never not going to be there. He doesn't even fucking play anymore. (laughs) And it's still there. You know? He is Zoe Marshall's husband. Well, some people have said that to me. So now I'm like, that is very fun. Um, But also he's incredible. We are both Mm. incredible and we do our own things very separately. I think it's nice when people listen and are huge fans of the podcast and learn very late in the piece that we're married and they're like, oh, holy shit, that's cool. I didn't know you were married to that guy. I like that guy before I even knew your podcast. Like that's a, a nicer segue for me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, fuck you're amazing. That's so cool. Thank you. Great answer. <laughs> um, while we're kind of talking about public profile, let's quickly get a jump back into social media. So there's a big, it's a big wild west out there. And I know that there have been times you've taken a break from it. Do you find it's important mm. for your career to have a bit of a break? I don't think so. I mean, we ha- I have to be really honest with you. The content creation part of my work is wild. Mm-hmm. The money in the influencing content creation, whatever you want to call it, world is fucking wild Mm -hmm. and you have to respect it. I don't think anyone has respected it for a very long time. It's been very laughable. It's been seen as like tan girls with big titties and white teeth and it's all a joke. And I agree. I was super judgy too. And then I was like, wow, this is actually, you know, I have, um, staff to shoot my content, edit my content, deal with briefs, work with me with clients. Like I have a a manager. It's a, it's a fully fledged business. So yes, taking time off is important. I think for the mental health aspect and for our brains to get off the glitch of the algorithms, you know, Mm. Um, I don't know if it actually helps the algorithm us going away or not, but that's who cares. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think being really conscious around your social media is something I really want to work a lot more with my community because you, that you own that. It doesn't own you as much as it actually does with how it serves you all the information, what you're feeding yourself every day with the people you follow or the things that you're engaging with. Like you have to, be very conscious of that. You know, if you're feeling like super judgy of someone or comparing yourself, or now I need to go on a diet because I saw Kim Kardashian's new fucking ad for whatever, like, you know, we're not, we're not engaging. We have the power to disengage, you know? She has just launched a new bra and um, (laughs) I saw it and fuck, I actually said 
uh, my friend Laura and I were like, she had a titan plant. It's a new bra. Wow. Fuck's sake. See, and I, I look, I'm not going to diss them because their products are legit. I haven't skims. used the skims, no, but after like 10 years of like poo pooing the lip kits, I bought one. Oh, amazing. Well, you're better than amazing. me because I, I don't want to say it, but they're I, amazing. Well, you're better than me because I constantly bag them out. And then I went and bought the fucking skims. And then I was like, oh my God, <laughs> this bloody jumpsuit. Because someone that has that much like money and resources to make a good brand they will they will they yeah. will i know from marketing now they will yeah no yeah, so it just gives them more money it's i know because they need it um yeah going back to what you said earlier about uh one of the things you're talking about with your relationship with benji and um and you do speak quite openly about many things and it will always get packed up by things like the daily mail and one thing you did share Let's was... Let's give him something. Let's go. give him something off well, your podcast. Go. Well, actually, I was going to talk about the separate beds because I, I, the reason I wanted to ask that first and then by all means give us a da- Daily Mail headline, but um, what, what's fascinating about that is actually, it's not actually that fascinating, but it, boy, oh boy, it got some traction because, again, it's that whole, like, breaking through societal norms. People mm. fucking lose mm. their minds, but actually it's probably quite normal. Yeah, I think it makes people feel very triggered when they're in a situation, they're very unhappy sleeping in the same room and I'm living the truth of what they want to be living. There's there's outrage. How fucking, that's fucking wrong. I have to suffer next to my husband. You should suffer. Yes, farting farting and snoring. snoring. They just stink too, don't they? They just overall stink worse than girls, eh? Oh, yeah. But I just feel like there is nothing about that process that's horny for me. Like (laughs) there is nothing about watching him sleep, snoring with his mouth open, (laughs) twitching or moving or rolling and like me thumping him on the back and then, yeah, the farting or the what. Like none of that says root me. You know what I mean? Like I just, there's your Daily Mail headline, Zoe thinks. (laughs) <laughs> it's hornier to have separate bedrooms. Yeah. Um, and I do. Our sex life, after 12 or 14 years together, that's like we are healthy. Like, and even beyond healthy, we are very willing to level up constantly. And I think that is because there is a level of like, do you know what I mean? Like I don't, we don't share a toilet and this I'm saying out of pure privilege of having this space. Lots of people don't. So I, I am a bit of a dickhead here, but if you have the space to not share a toilet or a bed, even the toilet first, go toilet first. Yeah. Right. To, to see your sex partner's skitties. <laughs> like I know it's for sure a fetish because I've interviewed people. Oh my but God. That, of course you have. Fuck is not for me. No. That is not for me. I don't want to see your shit. I don't want to smell your shit. I don't want to look at it. I don't want to know you do it, really. No. Do you know what I mean? It's a, You go and wash yourself up and then meet me later. Yeah. In my <laughs> so, bed or your bed. Maybe your bed and then I've got the nice clean oh, sheets. Oh, yeah. Zoe's going to have the cleanest sheets, yeah. aren't you? Oh, I have oh. the nicest room and the nicest bathroom. But that's just because he's a gentleman. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I should. I love that. I should. You should. Yeah. You oh deserve God, it. That is so good. That is so good. And so, as you said, you're in a good 
good place of marriage. Uh, yes. But you, but one of the things you have mentioned a lot before is the communication between the two of you is very important. It's, yeah, it is not easy. Like mm. we just had a thing this week around boundaries, you know, and we're constantly uncomfortable in our marriage because we're constantly growing and working things out and communicating. Unfortunately for him being with me, nothing is ever left unsaid or under the rug. I believe that stuff festers. And also I just can't sleep at night. I can't live with it. So we had a situation this week where he said, I I very generously encouraged him after all his hard work this year, he should go on a golf trip with all his bros from New Zealand. So I just said one, one boundary, not in the school holidays. Right. Yeah. So what happens a month later, he comes back. We've got the dates, but got the dates this date, school holidays. No. And I just said, listen, because I'm really bad with stopping him from doing things he wants to do because I don't want him to ever resent me and vice versa. Mm -hmm. But I was like, this motherfucker, I have to (laughs) hold a boundary for myself because if I flex again to make it easier for you and I'm put out for this whole week, a school holidays is a shit fight. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to resent you. I'm going to be pissed. So we have to figure this out. And mm-hmm. I sat with this boundary on Tuesday so much so I had diarrhea. I'm so anxious <laughs> about it. So anxious about it. So anxious about holding my boundary. And I was like, do we need to have a therapy session? Because I'm not coping with holding this boundary. I want to just let you do what you want to do. Deal with it. Deal with the consequences like I always do. And he's like, nope. I'm going to respect the boundary. I'm going to find a way. And so we found a way, but it was so uncomfortable. It caused diarrhea. So that's just sometimes a part of the process. Wow. That is, yeah, that is quite, I mean, I nearly shat myself today, but that was just from going out running. Um, But it will will get you. (laughs) But but you can feel physically ill when you have something, you've got a confrontation. I I often need the poos when I need to talk about something. Your tummy goes, (laughs) you're nauseous, you can't eat, you're sweating, your sweat smells weird. (laughs) Um, it's like doing, stretching myself for the betterment of him and our family and vice versa with him to me is like, you see the moments you don't want to do it, Mm -hmm. but you do it anyway, Mm you know? Hey, um, I love your relationship. It's so good. It's so good. Um, it's really good. I want to ask you, we've got, um, a few more sort of like, oh, fuck questions, breaking news. Mm. Um, what are you most proud of? I'll tell you a moment. I'll tell you, I'm, I am proud of the subscription launch. We were definitely, and we still are pioneers in that field, which is very difficult because technology and things and customer service and ease of use, and we are giving feedback on that. So it's harder for our customers um, at times, very rarely, but like being the guinea pig is tricky. So being a pioneer is great, but being a guinea pig is tricky. Um But I'm really, and this is only because I'm doing, this is another story for another day, but I'm doing an emetophobic workshop over in the UK. So emetophobia is the severe and irrational fear of vomit, right? And I have done all the hypnosis on it. I have done all the psychology. I've done exposure therapy. And then I found this group over in the UK. I've paid a shitload of money and I'm doing this course every week with a therapist over there in this workbook. But a big part of it 
we haven't even gotten to the vomit yet. It's so funny. It's all around mindset. Are you? Is this, around, is this something you have? Yeah, I have this, a real thing. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, because I don't really talk about it because it's su- such a trigger. Like I think about it every – they think mm-hmm. I think about it 45,000 times a day. Like I think about it all the time. It's in every – Oh, that must be thought. hard with kids. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so poor play, thing. It plays out with OCD. It plays out in lots of different ways. But what I've been dealing with in the first parts of this course is mindset and self-esteem and something that – it's just really interesting, the question around what are you proud of? I've done lots of brilliant things, but I never land. It never lands. It never feels like anything, right? It just is on to the next thing, on to the next thing, on to the next thing. And what I've learned, that's a self-esteem thing. It's not acknowledging the power of the thing that you've done and having it land in the body. So you believe next time you can do the next thing, right? So I'm doing this work and I'm doing it this morning. It's, I'm doing a lot of fucking self-help work, can you tell at the moment? But mm-hmm. it's, all, it's an ongoing thing for me. It's fucking every day. Anyway, this is just another one. And um, I'm doing this thing and I'm like, wow. Starting the work I've started is really important. That is my service to the world. Forget if I get paid or not because I've only started getting paid um, the last couple of months where it been live for three years, right? And my accountant just told me to take a pay cut again. Mate. He's very conservative. And um, <laughs> oh, this speaks so much it, to me. <laughs> but it is my service to the world. It is the thing that I feel like I have to do for my community, right? But then I think of things that I do in my relationships with my friends. And I think, and when you stop and you think about that, I was like, fuck, I'm a good friend. Mm-hmm. I'm a lovely, I'm a lovely person. Or like, oh, I, um, I, the way I spoke to my kid today, I didn't go to rage. I actually got down to their level and I really understood where they were coming from. Fuck, I'm a good parent. Mm-hmm. Like we never stop and acknowledge. Cause yeah, you can say, well, it's the proudest thing ever. Like, mm the deep being blah, 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 and doing all the things, right? But, like, I just think being a good human, I'm pretty proud of that. Like, I think that's enough. Mm-hmm. I do too. That's enough for sure. You know, having yeah, having some self-respect, <laughs> yeah. eating some vegetables. Yeah. Like, that's pretty good. That's... Remembering your probiotics. Like, that's pretty good. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yes, it is. You're, t- you're, good. you're doing, you're doing great, good, sweetie. You're doing yeah. amazing, sweetie. <laughs> We're proud of you. Um, <laughs> apart from being, as you said earlier, picking up shit all the time and your kids, you know, not realising how exactly fabulous you are, what keeps you grounded? <laughs> oh, I think my past trauma keeps me really grounded. I think coming from an extremely violent relationship romantic relationship keeps me very present I think losing my mum to cancer keeps me very humble I think where I've just come from I I, I, we just renovated this beautiful home like beautiful and I and I walk through and I just can't even believe it you know like I can't even believe I live here I'm just I think I, I can't believe my life you know, a lot of the time mm-hmm. I, I just look at it and I go, wow, we, you know, 
wowie. That's so nice. Um, 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 my crush for you is just. Yeah, I know. Fuck, it's pretty deep. Excuse <laughs> the pun. It's fucking gone real <laughs> bloody oh, deep. Wow. Okay. Um, but I we're going to explore lesbianism if you want to discuss. I'm just joking. <laughs> it would be a conversation with Benji. That's another Daily Mail tagline, but I'd have to communicate that first. I feel like <gasps> we could probably go for hours with you. Um, so what we might do is <laughs> we might book an, a, a follow-up. Another chat? Fuck, yeah. I reckon you'd be interested <laughs> in the too. yoni mapping and all of that oh, kind yeah. of shit as well. Like, Oh, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah I am. So uh, we don't have time. You've got to go. She's got to go back to the baby. But um, respect for the periods yeah, our bleed mm-hmm. is something else I'm really moving into. Oh, mm. like I've got no I idea. Same. I haven't experienced the free bleed yet, but I'm very excited to schedule a day um, where I can just ex- like honor my this. People are like, what the fuck? This bitch has lost it. Um, <laughs> but really honor our reproductive cycles that we have been diminished by the patriarchy for so long and honouring it and teaching our daughters about it and our sons on how special and unique and how incredibly, like, guided we are. I know I'm getting a bit woo-woo, but our bleed is so profound and we as women have shamed it and pushed it aside and taken the pills and gone on with our mm. day and slogged ourselves in the run. and Like, we have so much to talk about. I know. Another day. So let's circle back on those. Um, but we yeah. w- we hope you don't mind if we do a couple of our uh, regular segments with you. Uh, Gracie leads. Go for it. Underrated, uh, overrated, perfectly rated. Yeah. So we'll just say one thing and you can tell us what you think it is. Okay. Crocs. Go. Underrated, overrated, perfectly rated. <laughs> um, I... I can't answer that because I want to wear them, but I'm too old because I'm not a millennial. And does that say something about a midlife crisis? I don't know. I don't know how to answer. Go. Next one. <laughs> no, you have to say, is it underrated, overrated, or perfectly rated? I have to say it. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Oh, yeah. Good. Good. Perfect. Yeah, they yeah. are perfect. I like them. And you're not too old. Anybody work no. well. Anybody works. I, 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 I don't know. <laughs> but I can't. Anyway, next question. Um, underrated, overrated, perfectly rated, cold pizza. Like leftover pizza. Why am I taking this so seriously? <laughs> perfectly rated. Perfectly. Just perfect. Just regular rated. Regular rated. <laughs> regular rated. Oh, my God. You're the cutest. Okay. Underrated, overrated, perfectly rated. Cauliflower. Crispy. Overrated. No. Underrated. Oh, yeah. Hey. I think I'm tricked by the over and the under in the sentence. Okay. Please continue. <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's good. That's good. That was good. Um, and we okay. thought we would uh, share with you, we get some lovely listener questions. Uh, and so oh, please. I think this one actually will probably, you'll be quite good on this. Um, hey girls, long time listener here. Absolutely love you guys. Have a bit of a tricky one. Have pined over this problem for a while. I had my mm. daughter much younger than any other friends around me had kids. And as a young person went through a bit of trauma before I had her. It's felt really tricky maintaining friendships and not feeling like I have to pretend a lot of the time that I'm okay. When I'm mm. in reality, I don't feel like I'm the same in the same season as my friends. I can't relate to them and probably them to me. Also, our friends used to put in effort with our daughter, and now that she's much older, it's like they don't really care. 
or maybe just because she is older and less fun. I don't know. I know that this is a me problem, but sometimes it just sucks. I feel like I had to grow up fast by having a kid young and way before I was ready to, and now I feel alone even in the company of people Mm. and friends. The main issue I have, though, and want advice on is, do I tell my friends how it feels now that they don't seem to care that much about seeing our daughter or being involved like they used to, or do I just leave it? I don't want to make things uncomfortable and maybe things are just meant to be how they are and things will get better, easier with time. It's interesting because she's answering her question mm. at the end by saying, I don't want to make it uncomfortable. Maybe it's easier leaving it over time. So if she wants us to reaffirm that, that's what she has said. But I would disagree that she won't have any kind of real connection with these people unless she brings it up. And the truth is, it sounds like they may not be your people anymore anyway. Mm. Like we definitely grow and come back to different friendships if they're appropriate. But parenthood and having a child, when you have children, like I've got a lot of gay friends and some young friends and they don't give a fuck. Like, <laughs> not that gay people don't give a fuck about no. kids. Like, lots of gay people have kids, but mine that are like definitely anti children are so disconnected from that part of my life. You know, um, I don't take offense to that. I go to them for different types of needs. But if you're going to these friends to fulfill you and feel connected at who you are at your court, they're the wrong people. So, I think, I don't know, I don't want to say this wrong, but I think Bumble actually has a friend's Mm -hmm. thing. And I think there's also another one, Peanut, which is like you can find like-minded friends or mothers like you. You can organise a catch-up. It will take a bit of being uncomfortable because you're going to have to put yourself out there and almost date other people to find your people. But I think having community and especially one or two like friends that really get you children, no children is essential. And it just sounds like, Oh, I've inherited these ones from high school. We're now still together through uni, but they're still partying and, you know, fucking around and I have real responsibilities. It sounds like you've outgrown. Mm. If you value them, confront them, tell them what your needs are. They might push back and go, I'm not into it. Mm. Mm-hmm. And you might have to own that too. But I think there's no point, like there's nothing more isolating than having friends that don't connect with you. Mm. I feel like as well, we, like I reckon I'm in my late 30s uh, and so I'm not sure how old this lovely listener is, but fuck, if, if a friendship is is, a, is it a natural phase out, it's actually quite uh, refreshing or liberating to know that no one's actually, like in this case, I don't know, but sometimes no one's done anything wrong mm. and and mm-hmm. it's quite it is quite liberating to be like we've just gone we, we just we, we're not there and you know you don't need to hold on to something if it doesn't feel right and I know feel right yeah and I know that you have experienced some differences in friendship dynamics since yeah. little Frank came along too yeah I? just piv- pivoting a little bit obviously I've still got my close besties but I've got a lot of single friends as well and it's you can't just take you're like oh I'll be that family that just takes the baby to the to after dinner to the pub and stuff it's like no you don't really end up doing that it's <laughs> and I, I kind of don't want to and a lot of the time I like to be home um but I do have my nights out but you know it's just about the um different priorities and making sure you still have your friends but it definitely changes 
It also sounds like there might be a bit of self-reflection here first. Mm-hmm. Like, what do I want? What does she want out of a friendship? Does she want to be staying at home and being more family orientated? Does she want to just take long walks with a girlfriend on a Saturday morning and that's enough? Does she like what does she want first? What are her needs? Yeah. And then I would go to the conversation with the friend. Or let it go. Like Mm. you said, if you don't want the confrontation, she sounds like she doesn't want it, but she sounds lonely. Mm. So I would, there's nothing worse, especially in motherhood than feeling alone. But there are lots of places to find your mums. Yeah. Like the fucking park. We're all there. (laughs) All there. All the the centre. Yeah. We're all all at fucking Kmart. Do you have Kmart there? Yeah. Kmart, mate. We're all in Kmart. Yeah. Like I think there's something really beautiful about commenting to a woman that you can see struggling with her kids and her shopping or I see you, like I see you, girl, you're doing amazing or whatever it is and acknowledging mother to mother that could actually start a conversation that you could be like, do you want to grab a coffee one day? Or there's something so organic. We're all in this. She's not alone. I actually saw there's a a place called Farmers and there was a a girl who was similar age to me (laughs) and she had a little boy like same age as Frank and we just kind of like accidentally bumped into each other. It was kind of cute. And then, um, I don't know, baby's name was blah, blah, blah. And then I stalked her. Because she was like really nice. I just got like, quite a vibe. And then um, then we're Facebook. We're like friends. Oh. But, but then we're going to hang out and like, have a coffee. But it's like you literally bumped into each other. It was like yeah. dating. But I was like, oh, yeah, similar is. age and it like is. similar interests and like buying pajamas, same pajamas. I don't know. <laughs> cute. <laughs> yeah. So cute. But, we, but we're funny as adults because we th- – and then we think that like we – when we were kids, we didn't think much about just you'd just bowl up to a kid and talk to them in the playground. Now we're like, oh, I can't be friends with a new person. Same thing the other day. I was out running. This chick was out running. She, we ran towards each other and she was like, I really like your socks because they were fucking cool. Uh, and bang, we exchanged numbers and cool. we'll probably go for a That's run it. together. This is it. Do you know how many friends I've made from the deep? Like this sounds weird. Don't oh. come on the deep thinking you're going to be my friend. That's also weird. But <laughs> like I have... Um, had incredible people on the deep that there's been this natural thing and we've become friends. Like it's very, you can make something out of nothing if you're both willing. But I remember this one day, I'm a big manifester and I opened up to the universe and it was New Year's day and I was calling in all the things. And I called in new female friendships you know, that was stimulating and supportive and got me on another level. I have these new friendships now, like even if it's just a handful of new ones, like three or four, oh God, they feed me in new ways that my old friendships just don't or can't. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. I can't feed everyone in the way they need to be fed, but I don't think we should stop making new friends because we're 30 or 40 or 50, like bring it on, like keep it going. You know, Mm -hmm. this is, you actually are only starting to find yourself in your thirties, like Mm -hmm. what you actually like and what your hobby, if you even have a hobby, do I want a hobby? You know, Mm -hmm. I think that's, yeah, I think we've got to constantly stay open to finding our people. You're my people. We'd be together. Oh my God. We would hang. Well, I was, (laughs) you know, I I actually, are you still in, you're in Sydney, eh? Yeah, you're coming. I'm coming in a, in a few weeks to run the marathon. I'd love to meet you in person. Oh, we can go I'll run a, a marathon drink. with Brody. I oh. will not <laughs> do that. Um, but I could run a marathon because I have great self-esteem, but I will not. <laughs> um, but I could meet you for dumplings. Oh, my God, I'd love that. 
Because I'd yeah, that would be lovely. Yeah. You'd be very hungry after that. You would be after what? The running. Oh, the, the running. I thought you mean after the dumplings. I was like, no. Oh, the dumplings will be fine. I won't be hungry after those. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I will slide into your oh, DMs. Zoe, we love you. We love you. Love you too. Um, thank you for coming Where on the podcast. Do we listen? Yeah, oh, we, oh, where can we listen to the deep? Where can we listen to you? <laughs> same place, thank you, ours, doll. Same place, thank you, ours. Is it perfect? Okay, Ooh, on all the major podcasts, all the major podcast apps. Oh yeah, great! I didn't know where you were. Okay, great. <laughs> on all of them, um, if you want the subscription, though, it's only with Apple currently. Oh, I lied. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. <laughs> it's everywhere. <laughs> I lied. It's everywhere. Um, And it's fucking worth it. I don't know if you guys have gone down that avenue yet, but putting on some extra bits and bobs. Shit, yeah, is is important for those hungry, hungry listeners. Yeah. So on the list of jobs. I love that. On the list of jobs. Yeah, put it on your list. But put it in your show notes, guys, where they can find me. Just put the easy click through. The instas and all that knickknacks. We you know? will do that for you, Del. Hey, lovely to meet you. Thank you for your beautiful cordero. And um I know that the our beautiful listeners will love that. So thank you so much, Zoe. Such a pleasure. What a beautiful chat. Bye. Bye. The girls uninterrupted. With Brody Kane, Caitlin Merritt, and Gracie Hitchcock. Hi everybody, it is Zoe here. Change is coming to the deep. I want to welcome you to Arise. It's uplifting, it's quirky, it's curious. It's all about the mindset and self-discovery to be more helpful and of service. During 16 of the Deep, you will hear some of these episodes and I'd love to hear what you think of them over on our Instagram at What's the Deep.